0: Welcome to Garden People with your host, Jill Sowards of Violet Air Studio. Join us each season as we speak with your favorite garden people, designers, florists, growers, naturalists, chefs, artists, and more about how gardens have shaped their lives and informed their work today with seasonal tips, expert recommendations, and lots and lots of plants. To learn more, go to our website at violeterestudio.com. You'll find episode information, our seasonal journal, class lists, and seed offerings. Everything you need to start your own garden story. My guest today is Marin Mathis, a flower farmer and educator running a small family flower farm in Stanwood, Washington. A few years ago, Marin left her corporate job for a life of flowers and has never looked back. To hear Marin's approach, it seems like she can always do more, from planting 13,000 sweet peas to 10,000 sunflowers. This past spring, she also fielded 46,000 online visitors to her Dahlia Tuber Sale, It speaks to her boundless energy and enthusiasm for what she does and the joy she takes in sharing flowers with her community. What I'm struck by, though, is how thoughtful she is about what she spends her time on. She's constantly reconsidering and reshaping her work, which then allows her to put her whole heart into the farm and its many wonderful projects. Whether it's a wall of sweet peas or a rainbow row of dahlias, you're sure to be inspired. Marin, welcome to Garden People. It's such a pleasure to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to talking to you today so I'd like to begin just by asking
0: you to describe yourself and your work, how you describe what it is you do.
1: Wow. (laughs) Well, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a farmer. I'm in my fifth growing season here on our farm. We have a 10 acre farm in uh, the Pacific Northwest. We live in Stanwood, Washington and just an avid flower lover that I can't imagine doing anything else. Yes. So, I mean, yeah, growing flowers for a living, like it doesn't get much better than that.
0: Yeah. And can you describe a little bit about the structure of your work, the offerings from the farm and and who you work with?
1: Oh, sure. So we do a lot of Dahlia tubers. We just had our Dahlia youtuber sale And we sell, um, I'm kind of known for my sweet peas. So we sell sweet pea seeds. We sell other seeds of flowers that we grow here on the farm. That'll be in the fall. We sell bulbs, corms, fresh cut flowers. And then I also do classes teaching sweet peas. Yeah, mainly sweet peas. Wonderful. It's just kind of a it's a it's a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and it's kind of taken me in a lot of different directions that I didn't necessarily think of. But I think that's one of the fun things about flower farming is that you start out with, you know, you want to do CSAs, you want to do farmers markets, you want to do weddings, and then once you get into it, and the more you get into it, I think the more you fine tune it and figure out like what you really want to do and what really brings you joy. And it's really surprising, like what comes out of that. Like you may have started in one, you know, one lane and then you kind of veered into the other lane. So it's really fun to see just the different avenues and where you can take it. Totally. What did you add on that you didn't expect to? The classes, the classes were a complete surprise to me and it pushed me out of my comfort zone teaching. And I just actually started feeding off of that. And I just, especially when it's about sweet peas, I mean, (laughs) sweet peas are my favorite flower hands down if i could grow just sweet peas and dahlias <laughs> i'm like hey what's wrong with that just growing sweet peas and dahlias yeah but sweet peas just have captured my heart from the first year that i started growing them and it's just kind of caught on like wildfire and the more sweet peas that i can get out into the world the better yeah I'm concerned and so people started asking me questions about sweet peas and i just started sharing you know my tips and tricks and what works for me and it's just exploded. And so the last two winters I've taught online classes as well as in-person classes. And this last go around, we had 23 countries from all over the world represented. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. So I just bring people together over the love of flowers. It's something that, you know, I never thought that I would do and I can't imagine not doing it now. It's been a lot of fun.
0: And how did you come to this work? What did you do before
1: So kind of my story is I worked in healthcare in the IT field for 21 years at a local healthcare facility here in Washington state. And I would just sit in my cubicle and just it, my soul wasn't filled. Like I loved the people that I worked with, but I didn't love what I did. And you know, that phrase, love what you do or do what you love. And so I would just sit in my cubicle and just, is this all there is? And then through a course of events, (laughs) I discovered flower farming and I was sold. We always had a, you know, a vegetable garden and I always did pots and, you know, grew some flowers, but it wasn't farming. You know, I wasn't growing them for cuts or anything like that. It was just for me to enjoy. And I discovered flower farming and I was like, this is it. Yeah, This is what I want to do. And so when my youngest son was born, I quit my job and became a stay at home mom. And we just decided one night, let's do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so we sold our house in town, and looked for land and <laughs> to make a long story short here we are 5 years later so it's been awesome i can't imagine i would had you asked me when i was 20 years old i would have told you that i would be climbing the corporate ladder wearing pencil skirts and high heels yeah. and now i don't even own a pair of high heels i'm in rubber boots 24/7 dirty all the time <laughs> and absolutely loving it so yeah. you know life is completely different than i had imagined but i can't imagine doing anything other than this yeah. How did you discover
0: flower farming and then what made it like exactly what you wanted to do?
1: So I discovered Florette and I was just absolutely enamored with, you know, just the beauty mm-hmm. and, you know, just, I can do this. And so, yeah, so I took the course in 2018 mm-hmm. and just jumped in. And I remember when I was about to sign up for the course, because I mean, we were a single income family. That was a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, should I do this? Should I not? Like I'm a mom. I should be investing in my kids and not Mm -hmm. myself and you know. And so, yeah, I remember just like, it felt like I was on the edge of a cliff and my toes were just kind of dangling over the edge. And I just, you know how you see, like you just jump off and you just free fall and you just have that euphoric moment. And I had that moment and I just have never looked back. I have never worked harder in my life, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I have never, never looked back. So it's just every year it's gotten bigger and bigger and better and better. And yeah, the response to the farm has been amazing. So yeah, it started with finding the Florette website. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's taken me places that I never even dreamed of. So
0: and did you ever receive any, I want to say pushback or negative reactions to your decisions to farm? I think sometimes people who are kind of engaged in the corporate world, it's
1: like, why would you do that? <laughs> no, actually I've gotten so much support. Great. It's been shocking. I thought there would be pushback. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Because they knew me pretty much as a different person. I call that my BFF life, <laughs> flower farming life, <laughs> you know, but now It's amazing to me how many people are out there that, you know, send me emails and messages that like your story speaks to me. I'm not happy in my job. You're so inspiring to me. Like it just, the more I can share my story, the more that I can get it out there, you know, you too can do what you love and love what you do. You know, you might need to make some changes in your life, (laughs) you know, but at the same time, it's completely worth it. I mean, I'm able to, you know, have my kids running around and we're outside all the time and getting them away from those devices. Yeah. It's just, I can't imagine, I can't imagine not doing anything else. And so, yeah, to, you know, have people that I worked with that knew me as the technology side of Marin. And now they're coming to the farm and walking their wife through the sweet peas or, you know, stopping by and buying dahlias or, you know, and just, I mean, driving 50 miles away to come and see the farm. And they're just absolutely in love with it as much as I am. So it's been a lot of fun to be able to share this and share this journey with them right along with me. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. You mentioned your March dahlia tuber sale. And you've written that each sharing, each tuber is like a little piece of your dream that you're sharing. So I was wondering if you could tell a little bit more
1: about that. Oh, sure. So when we sold our house in town and started the journey in flower farming, had you asked me what, you know, what we were looking for, I would have told you a little white farmhouse on acreage in North Stanwood. But at the time it was like the fixer upper craze and everybody was buying, you know, farmhouses and paying astronomical amounts of money for them. And so we just couldn't find anything. So we just decided if we can't find it, we're going to build it. So we purchased five acres on Kamano Island and we're just like, we're going to build. So we bought the land. It was raw land. We all moved into a 28 foot travel trailer and we started building. And that's where I did my first two seasons of flower farming. And so we finished the foundation on our house, and something told me to check real estate. And I hadn't looked at the market in a year and a half Mm because, you know, we were building. And here it was, second house on the list, a little white farmhouse on acreage in North Stanwood with a barn, two ponds. And I was, I was like, I woke my husband up and he's like, where was that three years ago? And I'm like, "I." Know. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of veered away from your question just to get no. back to this point. Yeah. So we bought the farm, did a complete, you know, 180 from what we were doing. And from the minute I stepped foot on this property, we have a huge kitchen window that looks out over the field.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I envisioned a massive dahlia field and I just saw it from the second, I mean, before the property was even ours, I'm just mm-hmm. like, there it is. And so I was dead set on making that dream come true. Yeah. And so this year it came true. So I just feel like every tuber, you know, that we're packaging up right now to get ready to ship out here in a couple of weeks is a piece of that dream. And, you know, who knows it might end up in somebody else's garden and it's the start of their dream. And so you just never know the ripple effect that you're going to have. And so there's so much love that's gone into planting these tubers tending to the plants, harvesting the flowers, you know, digging them up, Mm -hmm. storing the tubers, which is actually harder than growing them. Absolutely. (laughs) And getting it ready to, you know, for its new home. Mm -hmm. So all of these tubers started out, you know, just as tubers. So wherever I got them from, that's, you know, it could have been part of their dream too. So it just makes me feel good to send them out into the world. And we've taken such good care of them and just want to see where they're going. So I'm really looking forward to like seeing people's gardens grow and where they take it.
0: Absolutely. That's wonderful. Were you raised in the
1: area? Did you always have gardens
0: and gardening as a young person?
1: So I was raised in Marysville, Washington, which is about 20 minutes away from here. So born and raised in the Pacific Northwest. We didn't have a garden growing up. I remember my first memory of actually being in a garden was probably five or six. And I was eating peas. I remember that crunch and that taste of fresh peas picked right out of the garden. I don't necessarily have a first flower memory. I wish I did. I wish <laughs> I had a magical story I could share with you. Yeah. But you know, we always had flower beds and stuff mm-hmm. like that growing up. I always had a vegetable garden in our backyard at our house. And then, you know, just hanging baskets and just flower beds around the house. I feel like the older I get and the more settled I am and who I am and who I want to be and having my hands dirty, I think it, you know, just kind of brings me back to what truly matters and, you know, making a difference, all of those things. But I am just completely in love with flowers. I don't think you can have enough of them. (laughs) Even me. I mean, they just make me happy. And if you're doing what you love and you're happy, that is going to translate into giving bouquets to people and just all those magical experiences that you get, you know, selling flowers or, you know, just giving somebody a bouquet that, yeah. you know, just feeds your soul. I just totally. I can't put, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not going to say especially sweet peas, but sweet peas definitely have this like magical power. So to speak of like, they just invoke so many memories for so many people, Mm -hmm. like their grandma's gardens or just the smell or just watching somebody bury their nose in a bouquet of sweet peas. It literally transports them back in time. And so just that those magical experiences, it's just, yeah, you can't put a price tag on that. It's just awesome. Most of the time I cry. I'm a pretty emotional person. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's just, it means more to people than you'll ever, ever know. And especially with COVID, I mean, people have just, they've been shut in their homes. They've been, you know, separated from their loved ones. And just so people showing up to the farm stand and, you know, getting 10 bouquets of flowers and taking them around to their neighbors just to put them on doorsteps. Flowers are an amazing connector for people. And so to be yeah. a part of that, it's just an amazing experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like you, you really get to love the flowers that you're working with, which is wonderful. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Do you have any private garden space or gardening time that you get to have just you time in the garden? Or it's all, <laughs> all sort of that? Yeah, It's either all that um, or, or not at all.
1: <laughs> my favorite is, you know, in the evening. After we've had dinner as a family, we usually go out and we'll walk through the sweet peas, through the dahlias, through the flowers. The boys love to pick their own flowers. They love to make their own bouquets, you know, especially for their teachers and stuff. And just the warm summer nights is the best, you know, when it's just us and we can truly enjoy what we're doing. Usually most of the time I'm like heads down, like getting stuff done and yeah. you know th- the to-do list is a mile long, but that's the time when we really, as a family, just, this is what we're doing and enjoying this beautiful, beautiful thing that we've created here on the farm.
0: Yeah, that's it. Well, it's clearly a family, right? A family <laughs> effort, a family investment. That's wonderful. <laughs> so I was curious what the spring season mean at Farmhouse Flower Farm what do you see? What are you preparing for or, or
1: responding to? It's hundred miles an hour right now. Just sweet peas are going to start going in tomorrow. We've got 13,000 sweet peas that we're planting. This <laughs> <That's insane>. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Like I said, you can never have too many flowers, nope. right? Nope. I can't get enough of them. I just can't. So, I just want to dive into them. And yeah. that's just where my heart's at. So, like I said, if I can grow sweet peas and dahlias, I would be a totally happy camper. <laughs> but yeah, spring is absolutely, I absolutely love it because the frogs are croaking. They're croaking so loud you can hear them in the house at night. Yes. You know, the daffodils are popping, the tulips are popping, the anemones or inoculus are exploding right now. Plants are getting ready to go in the ground. The smell of freshly mowed lawn and dirt and all of that. It's just here we go. Let's do this. You know, it's been a long winter slumber and we're ready to get going. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm ready to see flowers again. (laughs) Yes.
0: So, of the 13,000 sweet peas, how many varieties do you have in that Uh, mix?
1: 114
0: that's more, more impressive than And That's incredible. Yeah.
1: 114.
0: That's amazing.
1: No, I know a lot of people are like, what are your favorite varieties? And I'm like, don't make me choose. I mean, I have my top favorites, okay. but yeah, they're just, I love adding new ones to the patch every year. There's always tons that tug at my heartstrings. There's the ones that are just my diehard favorites. And then there's like the new ones that, you know, catch me by surprise. But yeah, I'm looking forward to all of them. Yeah. All of them, honestly. It's like seeing an old friend, you know, the first bloom. I'm like, yay, you're here. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's, I can't wait.
0: Can you give a few of your diehards and then a few of the new ones that you're either
1: new to you or
0: newish that you've increased?
1: Okay. So diehard favorites, Bix, love, love, love that one. Blue Shift, if you were looking for something that's different and, Blue Shift knocks my socks off every year. Yeah. It's, I, we, the boys call it the tie dye flower. Yes. (laughs) It ranges, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It ranges from like purple, magenta, blue, aqua, you know, turquoise. It's just absolutely amazing. Emma is one of my favorites. I grew her for the first time this last year and she, oh, stunning, absolute stunner. Windsor, I love that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, it just the name alone, it's great. Apricot Queen. Oh, yeah. It's good. It literally sparkles and shimmers in the sun. I mean, it's literally glittery. Oh, man, you're making me choose. Um, <laughs> I know. So there was one that I grew this last season that I absolutely loved. It's called Old Times. And it is a creamy background with light blue edging on it. And it just looks vintage. Mm. And I absolutely just fell head over heels for that one. That sounds beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So write that one down, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Old times. Yes. Oh, Clementine Kiss. Clementine Kiss is stunning. It's unlike anything else I've ever grown before. It starts off dark. And as it ages, it lightens up to like Mm. a, it starts as like a tangerine yeah, and then it lightens up into like this peach sorbet color. Oh, It's so, oh, it's so good. It's so good. (laughs) I could keep going. Okay. New ones this year. I have tons of new ones this year. So King's Ransom. I'm really Mm -hmm. looking forward to seeing that one in person. I've seen photos and it looks absolutely stunning. It's like this smoky mauve. Oh, I don't know it. Yeah. So love that, that one. Sounds beautiful. Oh, I forgot. Okay. One of my favorites, Susan Burgess. How did I forget? Oh, Susan, yeah. Burgess? <laughs> Susan Burgess. Okay. So she's kind of like a vintage rose color. I can't, it's hard to describe, but she is absolutely stunning, stunning. So if you want to add a new variety to your patch, it would probably be too late for this year, but next year, Susan Burgess. Yeah. Okay. So new ones, King's Ransom, I'm growing Betty white this year. I'm excited about that. I had to grow it for Betty. So I'm growing Betty white this year. Scylla, Scylla is a new one. Deborah Devonshire, looking forward to that one. So yeah, lots of new ones, many good (laughs) ones. And I just can't wait to see them in person because, you know, so many pictures, they're so different and, you know, just seeing them, there's nothing like seeing them in person for the first time. You know, it's really like getting to know them, you know, like they're almost a person, but yeah, just what is their scent? Like, what are their flowers? Like What do their petals look like, what's their growth habit? Like, are they going to be tall? Are they going to be short? Are they? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So just super excited to get to know some new faces this year for sure. So, yeah. And do you
0: have any recommendations for spring summer care? What should people be if they've already started their seeds? What should they be doing now?
1: So right now is planting time for us. Yeah. It really just depends on where you're at as far as, you know, what you're doing right now where it's really warm for us. So it's go time, which usually our last frost is about April 15th. Mm-hmm. So I've always been kind of a nervous Nelly, you know, especially with my sweet peas, but this year I've pushed them pretty hard and they were down to 19 degrees and frozen rock hard. So this tells you the resilience of sweet peas. You guys yeah. Yeah. They were frozen down in my unheated hoop, 19 degrees, frozen rock hard and just like crispy, crunchy. And three hours later, they were right as rain. You wouldn't even know. So I know it's crazy. So so I've always been like, you know, never started my seeds until Valentine's day. Just, you know, it was religious. Like Valentine's day, I started my sweet pea seeds. Well, this year I started a month and a half sooner. Mm. Cause I'm like, we had such that heat wave last year that I was hopefully trying to beat, I'm hopefully trying to beat another heat wave if that happens this year. So just to give them that colder start so that, you know, their cell walls are stronger and hopefully they can hold up to that. But we had 112 degrees in my sweet pea patch last year. Wow. So yeah, that was not good. Yeah, I'm (laughs) remembering that. Yeah. So yeah, it's planting time. And, you know, some people are just, if they're in a, you know, cooler climate, some people are just starting their seeds. You know, it really just depends on, you know, where you live and yeah. what zone you're in, what your temperatures are doing, that kind of thing. So, yeah. but yeah, right now it's, it's go time.
0: Are you a trench and mulch digger or are you kind of a, if it's good soil, you're kind of fine with, with planting?
1: So I've done it. So I like my, I call them the green walls. I love <laughs> yes. my, my sweet peas thick. So I've done them, you know, and I way over plant every year. It's just me, yeah. but I've planted them, you know, two to four inches apart, four to six when I first started out. Cause I wanted to follow all the rules, but right. you know what works? It's, it's what works for you. I've yeah. even, you know, gotten to the end of, you know, I've got like two panels left and I've got like five trays and I'm yeah. like, yeah, how am I going to fit all these in? So I've literally just like dug a trench and literally just piled them up right next to me yeah. and they did just fine. They yeah. did just fine. So it's just, What works for you, however, (laughs) however you want to plant them. If you want to dig individual holes, or if you want to do a trench style, there's nothing wrong with either way. They're going to be just fine. Yeah, I tend with thirteen thousand. I'll probably lean towards the trench. (laughs) I was to say, yeah,
0: (laughs) that's those are trench numbers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so it's a lot of work to get them in the ground. But once they're in the ground, it's like, yeah, okay, let's do this. All right. So yeah.
0: And do you have any feeding regimen or you, again, a rich, rich compost to begin and then leave them to their own devices?
1: Yeah. Rich compost to begin. So sweet peas love organic matter. So mm-hmm. the more organic material you can put into your soil and work into your soil, the better. And they're really heavy feeders too. So they're obviously going to take all those nutrients out of the soil during the course of the season too. So yeah, the more compost, the more rich organic material you can give them, the better. Wonderful. Sure. I always and, say the more mushrooms you see in your sweet pea pads, the better. <laughs> that's great. That's a good rule of thumb.
0: <laughs> and can you share a little bit about your March tuber sale? How many varieties were you dealing with? About how many did you end up with at the end?
1: So we sold out in 24 hours.
0: That's amazing. Congratulations.
1: Uh, I'm still <laughs> honestly speechless, Jill, about our tuber sale. It was, I was so <laughs> stressed up into it because. The Dahlia craze is so real right now. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So, I had people messaging me, like, I hope your website doesn't crash and, you know, just all sorts of stuff. And so, I was literally losing sleep, but we had 165 varieties for sale. It was pretty amazing. And they sold out within 24 hours. We had over 46,000 people on our website on the day of our Dahlia tuber sale. Yeah. I am still so speechless. I just, I can't believe it. Like I said, I know the craze is real, but I just, I can't believe it. I can't, it just, the support and just the response to, you know, our farm and mm-hmm. the tubers and all of that is just, I'm just in awe and so, so thankful. So we have a ton of work ahead of us Yes, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get all these orders shipped out and, you know, we're having our on-farm pickup here in two weeks. So Great. people that, you know, are local can pick up their tubers here on the farm. And I think that, you know, people really love seeing where their stuff's coming from. Totally. And so I just kept thinking of that as I was stressed up leading up into the Tuber sale, like where were we a year ago? So a year ago we did our on-farm Tuber sale, which was absolutely amazing. And there was just this electricity in the air and people were so excited to be on the farm and just, you know, be able to see the farm and see where Mm -hmm. the flowers are coming from and answer their questions in real time, Yeah, you know, make those connections with people. It was just an absolutely amazing feeling. But this year, because it was so big, we had our website last year we didn't have our website. And so after the on-farm sale, we actually did old school email style system. And I'm like, okay, 9am, send me your emails. We had over 1300 emails in less than 24 hours. That was was last year. Yeah, This year, you can imagine it was pretty crazy, but I literally... The boys were at grandma's last weekend during the right. super sale. Cause I'm like, I need all eyes on, yes. you know, you know, I was preparing for doomsday <laughs> on yeah. my end because I'm like, ah, what's going to go wrong. But it was absolutely amazing. And my husband, he just looked at me and he's like, we did it. Yeah, He's like, you did it. He's just the biggest cheerleader for me. I could possibly ever ask for, you know, and he has a full-time job. So mm-hmm. I'm the one that's doing the majority of the flower farming, but
0: yeah. he's like,
1: you did it it's a pretty good feeling. (laughs) I can't, I can't deny that. So yeah, I'm really excited to get these, you know, babies out into the world and, you know, hopefully inspire somebody else to, if this is what they want to do, they can do it too.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. That's really great. That is a lot of work though. Wow.
1: (laughs) It and is. I, I don't think there's one flower that's as much work as dahlias, which
0: is funny. Cause they're also easy
1: in a sense, you know, yeah. you can kind of stick them
0: in the ground and it's like, Oh, there you go. You know, I have exactly. 25,000 flowers and yet.
1: And yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're selling the tubers though, you don't really have that luxury. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, once they're in the ground, it's easy. It's easy, but like, yeah, digging them up. Storing them, dividing yep. them, selling them. Yeah. All of it. It's a lot of work. I mean, there's so many touching points, you know, throughout the whole entire process. But, you know, I just love seeing people so excited about growing flowers. Yeah. Dahlias are like the hot ticket right now. and It is wants so them. hot. I know. And it's wonderful
0: how many smaller farms are able to bring on those more, you know, unique varieties almost oh, yeah. a little bit faster. And so it's just really wonderful kind of grassroots, you know, local way of doing things, but because you can buy them from anywhere, you know, in the sense that you're
1: online now, Yeah, you get 46,000 people. That's just bananas. I know. I know. We were looking at the numbers and I'm like, I just had to keep blinking because I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, yeah, it was crazy. I will not deny that. I felt like I was going to throw up at (laughs) 8.59 right before the the sale launch because I was worried about things I can't control. You know, I'm a farmer and I'm not a website designer. And, you know, I'm relying on a technical piece. And fortunately it It worked. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: and I... I hope that you know. So I I am on a lot of listservs, right? I'm like, I'm like, uh, receive a lot of emails from farms across the United States that had tuber sales, have had them throughout the year, and they almost every single one had some sort of apology email after, like, right? And so (laughs) it seemed like things crashing was because of this craze was really, really common. And I also understand that everyone wants to meet customer desires and stuff, but I hope that they didn't get mean emails because, like, everyone's just trying, and at the end of the day, they're. Flowers, right? Like yeah. they're supposed to be beauty, you know, it's yeah. not like me, too. <laughs> yeah.
1: right. it, I've never been yelled at about a flower before. Okay, good. I have to admit, well, I have been. Okay. But <laughs> it's just not this year, it was last yeah, yeah. year. Okay. But, you know, it's just, yeah, you're doing the best that you can. And yeah. you know, at the end of the day, these are flowers. These are farmers that are relying on these websites. And like I said, with the craze being what it is right now, it's like, my mother-in-law was asking, you know, she doesn't do online dialy tuber sales. She has a great garden, but she's like, "Well, what is it? Why are daily tuber sales so crazy?" And I said, "The only way I can explain it is that you're at the ocean, okay, and you have a loaf of bread, and you're surrounded by seagulls." Yeah. <laughs> kind of a really analogy, no, it's so true. I'm like, you take the loaf of bread and you throw it, and the seagulls just flock to it, you yeah. know. And I said, "That's what dialy tuber sales are kind of like, you know. It's like." You rely on your website to release the inventory. The customers are there waiting. And it's just now, I mean, there's no browsing. Oh, no, you have to know. Yeah. Game plan. Mm -hmm. Like I go into tuber sales, I have one. Maybe two that I'm yeah. going after, yeah. but I definitely have my one, and I go after that one first, yeah. and then I'll come back if I want more. But I just yeah. prioritize my list, yeah. you know, with what I'm looking for. But it's you've got to. It's have, real. I'm kind of like getting concert tickets. Also. Totally, totally. You know?
0: Yes, yeah. yes.
1: It's just amazing because I was hoping that, you know, more people would be able to get the varieties that, you know, everybody wants. And so we set limits on, you know, those specific varieties and with the quantities that we grow, we had a lot of them. And so the majority of people were super excited that they were able to, you know, finally get Apple Blossom, you know, they were able to get Irish D Porter just because of the quantities that we had. So that there was obviously some disappointed people out there, but you know, for the most part, a lot of people were really, really excited to finally get those tubers. So that feels really good, but yeah, it's the craze is real. The craze (laughs) is real. It's so real. And, and this new breeding. I mean, this, it's that's the most fun. I mean, just getting out there with my paintbrush and kind of crossing two varieties that I absolutely love and just seeing what comes out of it. Or just collecting seed from the main field at the end of the season and seeing what comes up. There's so many possibilities with dahlias. That's the fun of it. Totally. I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. I received a question after a Dahlia discussion last season. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to extend it a little bit. So the question was a recommendation for powdery mildew. And I would say powdery or downy, because sometimes people don't know what they have. (laughs) Powdery or downy mildew prevention. I guess the question should be prevention or response. Do you have any?
1: So you want to make sure that your plants have avid, they have good airflow. So don't plant them any closer than a foot apart, just so that you can get good airflow. Airflow is probably going to be your best cheerleader for that. There are sprays that you can use depending on how bad it gets. I've personally never actually had to deal with powdery mildew. It's good, knock on wood. I've seen it on other farms, but I haven't. I haven't experienced it myself. Mm -hmm. So I would, you know, just kind of keep an eye on things because it'll spread. I've seen it kind of go through, you know, swaths, but yeah, whatever spray that you're comfortable with using, whether you're organic or not, I would just go ahead. And once you see it, treat it because it does, it spreads like crazy, but just make sure that you're not planting your plants too tightly together. And some years are going to be better than others. But like this last year we had, like I said, we had a heat wave and it was right at the beginning of the season. Mm. And it was in late May, early June. And so, you know, the dahlias were just about pinching time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, do I pinch you? Do I not? Are you going to stress out on me? Or are you not? And they handled it, you know, pretty well, yeah. but yeah, it's just, if they're stressed, it's going to probably affect them more than others, but just make sure you've got good airflow. That would yeah. be my kind of my number one tip. For that, but yeah, if you see it, address it. Yeah, (laughs) right. Do you ever have any sort of leaf blight that you need to cut back
0: for, or strip, or do anything like that?
1: No, we're actually pretty lucky here in the Pacific Northwest that you know we have really ideal (laughs) tell you growing conditions, just because we don't normally get too terribly hot. Yeah. And some years are wetter than others, but for the most part, you know, we have pretty ideal conditions. So we have had some cucumber beetles. So we've never had cucumber beetles before. And I noticed them not last year, but the year before for the first time. So I don't know if they're kind of infiltrating into our area, but so that's kind of a new thing for us to deal with. But for the most part, it's just managing those viruses and getting them out of your field just kind of keeping watch. I walk through my field every day with a pitchfork and, you know, just monitoring things, making sure everybody's healthy, everybody's good. Nobody looks funky (laughs) or anything like that. But yeah, we have pretty, pretty ideal conditions, which is why we have so many growers. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. (laughs) That's great.
0: And I know you you were inspired by Florette, but where do you take inspiration from today? Are there any
1: current influences for your work? I just kind of feed off of the excitement of others, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, just the emails that I get that are like, I just want to tell you that, you know, your story is so inspiring to me and all of that, like that keeps me going, you know, every year I feel like I get more confidence and I fine tune what we're doing this year. My word for the year is intentional, mm-hmm. Be very intentional with what we're doing because in flower farming, it's really easy to feel like you have to do all the things, mm-hmm. And there's so many different avenues to take it, right? And then you can get overwhelmed. And so this year I'm fine tuning again and cutting out a few things. And I just feel myself kind of fighting like, oh, like you're going to miss out. You're uh, going to, and I'm like, no, I'm being intentional because I want to put more of my energy into these things versus that. It's kind of like creating your own path. And I just feed off of like what we did last year, how I can fine tune it. What did I get a lot of energy from what really fills my heart and do that? What fills your heart? It's not going to be dahlias and sweet peas for everybody. It's just whatever fills your heart, whatever fills your soul, whatever makes you happy. There's just, like I said, so many different ways that you can take it. So I just find inspiration in that. You have those moments where you're just like, there's so much work to do. There's so many things that need to get done and need to get accomplished And then there's so many moments that you're like, yes, this is why I do this. This is what it's all about. And for me, really, it's connecting with the people in my community. It's feeling like I'm making a difference in somebody's life, in somebody's garden, whether it's they're buying our flowers or tubers or whatever it is, or even just driving by our farm. I mean, people stop by all the time. One lady in particular, her mother was in an assisted living facility, and so Her mother loves to garden and loves flowers. And so she wasn't able to walk, but she was able to drive up right next to the field. And they just parked right next to the field. And they just sat there and looked at the flowers, looked at all the 8,000 dahlias, in rainbow order. And she just rolled down her window and her mom, I mean, she was in her eighties and she was just like looking out at the field. And it just like, I just started tearing up and crying as I was out in the field because just for her to look at that and just be able to give her that experience. So stuff like that all the time, or, you know, people that drive by and they're like honking and they're like, it looks beautiful. (laughs) um, Yeah. Feeding off of other people's energy and yeah, just seeing our life here and, and what we've created. It just, it makes me hungry for more. It's awesome. I am so inspired by other farmers, other people that are starting out on this journey There's too many names to even mention honestly. But yeah, just I'm inspired daily. I'm inspired daily just to be more connected, a better grower. Not necessarily more. Yeah. Yeah. But just fine-tuning those things and just filling my soul. That's great. Can you share any of the things that you decided to cut
0: and something that you decided to focus on more? (laughs) Are you ready? Yes.
1: (laughs) Okay. So This year, we decided not to do weddings. Last year, I did 10 weddings in August alone. And yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. And it diverted my attention away from my passion projects. Although I loved being a part of it. I love designing. There's nothing better than handing a bride her bridal bouquet on the most special day of her life. And I became very good friends with a lot of my brides that I worked with last year. But it takes so much time. Yeah, And people don't realize how much work it is, especially when you're growing those flowers, because like yeah. you're harvesting on Wednesday, you're getting everything ready on Thursday, you're designing on Friday, you're delivering on Saturday, and especially with a young family. So we just yeah. decided as a family to, you know, that we would just kind of take weddings and maybe in a year or two, we'll yeah. revisit that. And then we're going to, I don't want to say, we're not cutting the cut flowers. That's not the right thing. We're still growing cut flowers, but we're cutting back on two rows out of the field. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to plant more dahlias and we're actually going, it's allotting for more of the breeding program. Cool. Great. Farm. So we're expanding the breeding program. I don't need to have 150 feet of snapdragons. Right. <laughs> Even though it's beautiful, but I tend to go way, way, way overboard. And so I'm, it's going to, to me, it seems like we're cutting the cut flowers, but we're not cutting the cut flowers. <laughs> no. we're, just, we're just kind of taking two rows out of the field so that we could have, you know, more of a breeding program for yeah. So That's like great. I said, we, <laughs> we don't need 150 feet of snapdragon. So yeah. So that being said, it's going to seem to me like we're not growing as many cut flowers this year, but we are growing. Yeah. <laughs> cut flowers. But so, just like I said, just fine tuning the field what works, what doesn't work, what did I like, what didn't I like, what sold, what didn't sell, and just you know, fine tuning that. And like I said, every year you kind of get your recipe, you kind of figure out what works and what doesn't and you fine tune it. And then the next year you're still fine tuning and fine tuning and fine tuning. And then, you know, you might discover that, Hey, I want to do this or two more years after, you know, the boys are you a couple more years after the boys are a little bit bigger and older and we might do weddings again. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, but yeah, this year weddings was the big one just because of the time. Yeah. Especially in August when I'm trying to document 253 varieties of dahlias and then trying to do 10 weddings at the same time. So it was just, I just want to be able to just kind of slow down a little bit, really like breathe Yeah. (laughs) and yeah, just really dive into my passion project. So I've got a lot of exciting stuff that I can't really talk about coming up this year. So we'll have to, I've got to make room for some things.
0: Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. All right. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I know. So this brings up two questions. One is how do you record what's working and what doesn't? And when do you take a, do you have set times that you unpack that and like apply it to the next year or is it always going?
1: So I've called like my mind and my memory kind of like a Rolodex. It catalogs, it's just the way that I'm wired. It catalogs everything. And so I can visualize still what row Jowie Winnie was in last year. Mm -hmm. I can see it in my head. I can see, you know, the field from last year and, you know, where was the Lavatera? Where was the Clary Sage? Where was the Apple of Peru? Did I have any Queen Anne's lace left? How much chocolate lace flower? So that's just the way that my mind works. And so just fine tuning that. I don't really need to have three patches of chocolate lace flower or, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing. So what did I weigh over plant? and not use. What would I have loved a lot more of? Yeah. um, Cress, you guys got to grow it. There's so many good varieties. So, you know, it's just all of those things that I think once you experience that, and then you can, you know, next year, like, Hey, I don't want to grow this zinnia, but I do want to grow this one, or I want three trays of that instead of just one. Or I didn't have enough of this. I cut the whole thing, you know, that kind of thing. So, or more successions of this. So, I mean, we planted over 10,000 sunflowers last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's fine tuning it. And like, what were my favorites? What weren't my favorites? Last year, like I said, because of the heat wave, we had sunflowers that were six feet tall, sunflowers that were four feet tall and sunflowers that were two feet tall, Mm -hmm. all blooming at the same time because it was so hot. Yeah. So, yeah, just learning constantly, writing notes. I've got a clipboard. I always walk around the garden with a <laughs> clipboard, you know, just writing things down, observing things. Yeah. Just you can never have too many notes. Yeah. So, when you're planning next year's field, just going back, looking over your notes, just thinking about what did you like, what didn't you like, what would you change, that kind of thing. So, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He's constantly like future gift to yourself, <laughs> you know, when you're planning next year's field. So, but yeah, constantly just going back and revisiting things. And yeah. Yeah. Fine tuning. I'm saying that a lot, but yeah. Fine tuning is at the beginning. You want to grow all the things mm-hmm. and you don't have to grow all the things. I find that you don't like certain things or that certain things don't sell. So just utilizing the space you have and more bang for your buck, right? Yeah, yeah. And I
0: think both uh, sort of what to fine tune speaks a little bit to something that I've noticed more discussions of that, but I think it's a constant issue is burnout and avoiding overwhelm. And so I was wondering if you've, There's being like good and tired and then there's being like totally right, like flat out. So I was wondering if there have been times when you experienced it, how do you manage it in your life? How do you find balance if you
1: do? So I'm actually kind of, to be honest with you, I'm kind of fighting that right now because the response has been so amazing to the farm. Yeah. So we're kind of at that point where do we scale up to meet demand and what is doable? And so I can't do any bigger by myself. So that means bringing people on and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So I still want to love this. I want to love what I do. I don't want to hit that burnout point where I'm just like, Ugh. like, I get to do this. Not a lot of people get to do this. Yeah. I get to do this. And that's how I look at it. So that's what I mean by fine tuning and taking out the things that are stressful, mm-hmm. that take that more time and energy away from other things that you really love. Other people may love doing weddings and I loved doing weddings. It was just, I can't do it all. And so something had to give. And I don't want to be go, 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 go all the time. I want to be able to like sit on my porch swing and I don't want to be out there working until the sun goes down, which most days I am. So I'm just trying to figure out like, what is that healthy balance for me? What am I willing to give? And it's a lot of hard work. I'm not going to, yeah, there's a lot of frozen dinners and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of hard work involved in doing this, but I also want to be able to take my kids places, be able to step away from the farm and that kind of thing. So just really finding that healthy balance. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. Just trying to figure out that healthy balance for us, for our family, for our business and just being real um, yeah. with what we're doing here. Because it's not all about the pretty pictures. I know that everybody is showing on Instagram. They're showing you their best foot forward. I mean, myself included. But behind the scenes, it's a lot of hard, hard, hard work. A lot of grit. And it's tough. I wouldn't trade a second of it for the world for us, for our family, but just fine tuning that so that we can maintain that healthy balance between not letting it take over our lives, if that makes any sense, and still having time to be a family and doing those things that like going on vacations and all of that kind of stuff. But also this is our business and this is the life that we've chosen. So like I said, just kind of narrowing it down, narrowing down our focus, where do we want to put our energy? What is healthy for us, healthy for our family and healthy for our business? Yeah. That's where we're at right now. So what we do in the future, I'm not sure I'm pretty excited about, but I just, the response has just been so amazing and yeah, I'm just so thankful. So thankful that it's just taken off the way that it has and that people are loving it as much as we are. So it just, we're kind of at a, I don't want to say at a crossroads, but kind of, so just where do we go from here? Yeah, well,
0: I'm excited to find out where you go. (laughs) And you mentioned your children, this evening walk with them sounds beautiful. Did you also include them in other ways in the garden?
1: Oh yeah, they absolutely love it. Finn is five and he can make a bouquet probably better than me. He goes out there with his snips and I mean, people are like, you give him snips? And I'm like, yeah, he cuts his own flowers all the time and he absolutely loves it. He loves sowing seeds with me. Maverick is kind of, I don't want to say over the flowers because he has, (laughs) but he's happier, you know, running around in the woods with a stick and his dog. But just they love knowing what kind of flowers they are and Mm -hmm. seeing the seeds and all of that kind of stuff and just teaching them about nature. And it's awesome. So the more involved they are, I feel like, especially Finn, I mean, that's where he's gravitating towards is definitely like, bringing his teacher's bouquets all the time. And, you know, which I absolutely love. And they're all about the sunflowers. They're all about the (laughs) sunflowers. That's great. Like, okay, you can plant as many as you want. And that's how you got (laughs) 10,000. Yeah. They sow all the sunflowers for our farm pretty much. I'm like, here you go. It's all you guys. And they just love it. I mean, they just, they have their little pencils and they poke the holes in the dirt and put the seeds in and gives them a sense of accomplishment and responsibility. And they just love nurturing them and seeing them grow. And they're like, the sunflowers are blooming. Yeah, It's pretty fun. It's a lot of fun.
0: That's so sweet. Based on your experiences, how do you think we can bring more people into the garden, either growing or ranging? Did you face any barriers or can you see any? And and if so, how you overcame them?
1: You know, I think COVID really made people like focus on because they were home. Yeah. And so gardening was, you know, something that they got to do and I think it's catching on like wildfire (laughs) and more people are getting back into gardening it's all the rage right now. And I'm like, bring it on, bring it on. The more people that are growing vegetables. I mean, there's just any aspect of gardening is healthy. You're outside, you're getting your hands dirty, whether you're growing flowers, growing vegetables, whatever it is. I don't think there's anything better than that. So I think as awful as the pandemic was or is, I also think that the gardening portion of it it made people kind of focus on home and what matters and getting back to basics you know there's a reason there's a mason jar shortage like it's, it's crazy like i'm like what do you mean it's the height of flower season and i can only get one case of mason jars at <laughs> a time i'm like what but people are wanting to grow their own food and canning and all this stuff it's just yes that's the good stuff that's the good stuff I just envision a big, huge vegetable garden and ringing the dinner bell at night and all of that kind of stuff, you know, I mean, yeah. you see kind of in, in the movies and people are really wanting that they're wanting to, like I said, get back to basics. It starts with the dirt. Yeah. So I'm all for it. So, you know, whether it's growing flowers, giving them away to people in your community, growing your own food, there's so many different aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah. There can't be enough of it, as far as I'm concerned. So, which trickles into like designing and all of those kinds of things too. So, yeah, go for it, you guys. (laughs) The dirt—that's my number one piece of advice: get some seeds in the dirt.
0: Yes, (laughs) thirteen thousand
1: If you if you want
0: (laughs) seeds in the dirt, yeah. Well, oh, that's wonderful. Marin, thank you so so much. This has been such a pleasure to talk to you. And again, you're you have such joy in, in what you share. And it is definitely reflected here. I love how you you seem to envision so much beauty and then achieve it, which is really fantastic. So yeah, thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. If sharing my story can inspire somebody that is in the same situation that I was, sitting behind a computer in a cubicle not inspired and not feeling like they're fulfilled, then I'll shout it from the rooftops. Love what you do. Yeah. Do what you love and whatever that is, it doesn't have to be flower farming, whatever brings you joy. That is my main message. If you're happy and you're putting that out there <laughs> into the universe, other people are going to feed off of that. Yeah. So I am more than, <laughs> more than happy, like I said, to share with you guys. I never in a million years would have imagined that I would be here and doing this, but I would never trade a second of it. So yeah,
0: well, and it occurs to me that when you you were having that moment of like I should invest in my children versus investing in Mm -hmm. kind of this business, that investment really is for them because here they are growing their own sunflowers and picking their bouquets and and you know outside with their dog.
1: They are running around this farm from sunup till sundown, yeah. you know, and I just couldn't imagine a better life for them, you know, running around with the dog, building tree forts and just, you know, being kids. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. This sure. So great. Jill. Sure.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Garden People is produced with generous support from our sponsor, Plant Gem. Plant Gem sells unique plants you won't find anywhere else for a garden that reflects your personal style. Find them at www.plantgem.com. As always, thank you for supporting the companies that support this podcast. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you left a review, as it helps other garden people find us. You'll find links for everything we've discussed in the show notes or on our website. To get early access to our guest list and information about bonus episodes, gardening tips from our guests, and more, Sign up for the newsletter at VioletEarStudio.com.